Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. When Julie Boyd landed in Kenya for a short-term humanitarian missions trip, she had no idea that that place would capture her heart and change absolutely everything about her life. Julie Boyd is an accomplished nurse practitioner from California. She's now living in Kenya with her husband Titus and their children. She's the founder of Living Room International, which is a community-led nonprofit health and care center. Today on Connection, she's going to share more about Living Room International. She's going to share about her experience of turning a short-term humanitarian mission into a lifelong experience. She'll also share about a new book that she's set to release called From Beyond the Skies. Today's guest had absolutely no clue that when she went on a short-term humanitarian missions trip to Kenya, that this would turn into a lifelong passion. We're joined today by Julie Boyd. She's an author, a community builder, and a nonprofit leader working at the intersection of faith, global health, and human dignity. She is the founder and international director of Living Room International. For those who don't know, tell us what Living Room International is. Living Room is a nonprofit running in Kenya where we provide holistic, so physical, emotional, and spiritual care to hospice patients, um, both adults and children, in uh, two hospice settings in Kenya. Now, the story behind how this got started is very interesting. Tell us a little bit about um, yourself and how Living Room International all began. As a 25-year-old, I was a nurse practitioner working in HIV care in Los Angeles, and I had gone on a couple of short-term trips to Kenya, um, but was really moved by the AIDS pandemic and had, while on my short trips, had met with some really incredible Kenyan leaders who cared so much about the suffering of their people. And so... I signed up to go for a year, and that was 17 years ago. And so I was a part of a community-led um, HIV program where we really walked alongside of people in their suffering and watched. Um, it felt like God do just incredible things in in the suffering and also like watching people come back to life in beautiful ways. And in 2009, um, we'd been doing so much work with people with HIV, but also cancer was rising. And so there was a big need for um, hospice care. And so we built a hospice in 2009, which was a 24-bed inpatient facility where we're able to care for adults and kids. And then over time, um, that's really grown and become a lead uh, a lead in the region um, in showing what hospice care can look like. Now, while you were in Kenya, you also met your husband out there as well. That is correct. Yeah, we've been married for nine years now. And you have adopted some of the children that you have helped care for. Yes. So we have, um, my husband and I have one biological daughter. And then um, in 2016, there was a premature baby who was brought to the hospice, um, a three-pound baby boy wrapped in pink, and his mom had died in in uh, childbirth, and his father had died in a roadside accident a couple months prior to that. And so we, my husband and I really wanted this child to have a chance to live, and so we were able to eventually adopt him, and he's the youngest of eight brothers and sisters and it's been a long you know like really long but beautiful journey of watching 
what felt like God um, put in front of us as an invitation to step in and care for these kids. How can you do something like that? A lot of people will think, oh, you know, I'd love to do this, but it's just not for me. What keeps you going and what makes you want to do this? Well, I think it's not necessarily about big decisions, but I think it's everyday moments of believing that God is at work around us and that there's invitations to love all around us wherever we might be. And I think just leaning into the question of what does it look like to love in this situation and allowing God to lead in that is what has guided my life and guided our work and ultimately guided this journey of caring for these kids. And it's not easy. It's not like a, um, you know, I mean, there's, it's a hard journey, but it's one where I, um, I don't have any regret about it. Um, it's been hard. Um, it, when Ryan, the baby who we helped, um, when he was a premature baby at six months old, he was diagnosed with sickle cell disease and, uh, he, along with two other siblings, um, just a really terrible um, disease that causes a lot of suffering. And in Kenya, the you know children, 90% die, they estimate by the age of five with this disease. And so when we got that um, diagnosis, it was just really devastating. We loved these kids, obviously, um, already so much. And we're just trying to then... Um, step into the next phase of what it looks like um, to care for them in ways that we didn't know. What has that been like? Parenting. Yeah. So I, when we got the diagnosis for our kids, I had been a nurse for 15 years. And so I knew what it was like to be a professional caregiver, but um, stepping into the needs of caring for my kids and, and becoming personally um, just in the day-to-day struggles and challenges and the longings for them to have life and to um, not have to suffer. And it's, it's been a huge, um, a huge journey, but one where I've seen the hand of God in the ways that he's led us to be able to eventually leave Kenya to get treatment for our kids before we could, you know, go back after an almost 500 day, it was 480 days that we were away. Um, and the community that it's required. And, you know, it really has, like the saying goes, you know, the proverb that says it takes a village. It's been a village that's walked alongside of us to fight for our kids, um, for their survival, where all of these people have just, I think, reaffirmed what we knew to be true is that they were worth fighting for. And as a mom, you know, if, if, my Ella, who, you know, was my biological daughter, if she were in the same situation as these kids, I would want someone else to love her in the way that we're loving these kids who have now become ours too. Are you living in Kenya now or are you living in the U.S.? So we live in Kenya. We're um, in the U.S. right now, but going back in the next week or so. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, we're grateful that we get to raise our kids in their home community and surrounded by so many people who love them and are just affirming their worth. Now you've taken your experience, your life, your story, and you've actually put it into a book. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that. I wrote this book, um, one for my kids who I think one day they won't necessarily remember um, so many aspects of the journey of the bone marrow transplants that led to their cure, um, but the hard aspects of it. And then I also wrote it for 
the community that walked alongside of us. And when our son Ryan was coming out of intensive care, I asked um, the fam- one of the family members we were living with, what, what do you, how do you say thank you to these nurses and doctors who helped to save your child's life? And he said, you write them a thank you note. And I think about this book as my complete my complete letter, you know, the letter that I couldn't write as they were just coming out of the hospital. But what does it look like to tell them more the complete story of just how much um, their love, how much their service mattered um, to us and for our kids' survival? What can people expect uh, when they pick up this book? It's a book that is raw, honest, um, I, it's, it has deep emotions, but I think it's, it talks about going through dark, hard places, but also the beauty of community of love that one of the things that we said as we were going through treatment is that love makes us brave, but it also is costly. And so I feel like it's an invitation um, to all of us into the wonder of love, into the ways that God invited my family into this journey, but I don't feel like it's about necessarily um, just about Kenya or Africa or a specific disease or treatment, but I think it's just about the invitation into what it looks like to love. And now parts of this book are actually being turned into a film. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, we did all our treatment for our kids here in Los Angeles, and Um, Some filmmakers, they walked alongside of us through the transplant um, process. And so we were able to make documentary film to go along with it. And so that's actually in process right now. But they they started in Kenya and then were with us in Los Angeles and actually came back home with us as traveled when we were returning back to our home in Kenya. So that's got to be quite impactful to be able to capture all of that. Yes, it it is. It's it was an incredible experience of you know um, having in the raw moments, in the moments where you could experience such devastation, but also in the moments where we were celebrating life in really, I think, special ways. Just to have people walk alongside of us, um, trusted people to walk alongside of us to capture that story in a way that um, we can now share with the world. And how are your little ones doing now, um, now that they've had their medical care? How are they doing? So in, in the book, it, it tells more of the story. But so we have, we have three kids that had sickle cell and two were able to get the treatment because they had a donor match. And the third, her name is Alice. Um, she still is suffering with the disease, but is um, on medical treatment in Kenya. Um, but our boys are cured of sickle cell and they are thriving. And it really is a beautiful thing to watch um, them not struggle with it anymore. What do they think of all the traveling that they've um, experienced? Well, I think because they we've done it um, at their, throughout their lives, like it's just part of, <laughs> um, it's part of, the world that they know is um, living between two places a majority of the time, like 10 months out of the year, we're in Kenya. And then we come and visit my family in the U.S. and our friends and community here for a couple of months, too. So how has your faith been impacted throughout all of this? I feel like my faith has grown in ways that uh, 
look different necessarily or different than maybe I would have said I was taught in Sunday school. Like I've walked now through some really dark, um, some dark places where I've seen that the goodness of God has remained unchanged and that um, no matter what the outcomes were going to be, that, that, that goodness, that his loving kindness was with us. And I feel it deep in my soul. Um, I, I feel like um, he led us each step of the way. And in the darkest of times I experienced um, you know, all of the emotions that accompany the grief of, of loss and of sickness and of suffering, but I also experienced the closeness that is promised for the brokenhearted. And as a nurse who also walks alongside of other families going through similar situations, like I feel like that I didn't experience this necessarily, I think, to learn a lesson, but I feel like as a side effect, side effect, the compassion um, within me has grown in ways that um, I'm grateful for and um, really hope to continue to just grow in and to experience, you know, just how close that God is to us during these times, but also can uh, make the impossible happen. So I'm, I'm really grateful for not, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to say that I am grateful that this happened. I'm not sure that that's true, but I'm grateful for the ways that God has walked with us every step of the way. Now, when you became a nurse, did you ever expect that God would lead you down this path that he has taken you down? No, I'm, I, well, as, as a student, I traveled to Kenya for the first time and, um, was so moved by the experience and it led me to actually do HIV work within Los Angeles first. But I feel like it has, I'm thankful that God didn't show me the whole picture of what the, you know, living room would look like, what our journey with our kids would look like, but it's one step at a time following where I feel like God is leading and, and he's been faithful and he has um, done more than I could have asked or imagined. And so even as we dream about, you know, the next phases of our work in Kenya, of how to advocate for other families in Kenya whose children are suffering with sickle cell disease, like I trust that God will continue to lead us in the way that he's so faithfully brought us to this point. And what is next for you guys? Since I think with our family, having lived such an incredible journey of a family in the U.S. helping us for, you know, the 477 days we were in the U.S., um, we lived with a family here. And then in going back to Kenya, I feel a deep uh, longing and commitment to help care for other families going through medical treatment. And so we're looking to build a guest house through living room that will be able to care for other children and families who need a place to stay. So um, that's one of the things that we're working on right now, but we'll you know, also continue to provide hospice care um, at our two centers. And it's just a journey of uh, watching the ways that God continues to lead our team. We have a hundred Kenyans who are the ones who you know, are taking care of patients and loving families. And so that's, that's kind of where we're at right now and, and thankful that our kids are doing well and that we're able to, to watch them grow and to, um, to be in Kenya and to continue with our work. 
I love that it's community led and that you have your entire community working alongside you. So we have caregivers at our hospice who were actually once patients who are now well enough um, to be able to care for other patients. And so it really has been this beautiful experience of um, the community becoming the ones to to really provide the service and to be able to welcome um, these patients and families. And, and for those ones who were once patients to really understand what um, these other patients have are going through and to be able to care for them in ways that they were once cared for. So has COVID-19 impacted what you're doing or has it gotten in the way of anything? Yeah, co- I mean, COVID, I think everywhere in the world has and affected the ways that we can do work um, as a healthcare um, work. We've, you know, needed to really adjust to the ways that we've uh, been able to get all of, you know, get all the equipment that we need, all the protective things in place. Uh, for our local community, um, there's been food insecurity. There was widespread flooding. There were some locust outbreaks. It was a really big, um, just a lot of challenges alongside of the COVID. So um, it wasn't as much that we had so much infection that we know of because of um, limited testing, but more of all of the things that go along with trying to reduce the transmission and to prepare and protect our staff and um, the community. Now, going back to your book from Beyond the Skies, it's not going to be released till September. Um, For those who want to learn more about the book, want to learn more about you and the work that you and your family are doing, how can they go about doing that? So the ebook version um, was released on June 1st, and the print version will be available in September. But uh, you could go to frombeyondtheskies.com to learn more about the, the book and our story and to do pre-order. Um, or you can also go to livingroominternational.org to learn more about our hospices and just the beautiful work that our community is doing to care for the sick. One more question, the title, From Beyond the Skies, why did you choose that for your title? So the title of the book, From Beyond the Skies, is it comes from a poem by John O'Donohue. And when I first read it, I just felt like it really captured what this whole um, invitation that I feel like is, has been extended to our family um, from God, what it feels like. The, the poem is about motherhood, but... It says that nothing could have prepared your heart to open like this. From beyond the skies and the stars, this echo arrived inside you and started to pulse with life, each beat a tiny act of growth. And once it began, you were no longer your own. And I feel like you know that, that has been our journey and it represents what this whole story really is about. Wow, that's beautiful. And that explains like you said there that explains parenting and motherhood all in that one little one little sentence from beyond the skies and from that poem thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me and thank you so much for listening today don't forget to subscribe we'll talk to you again on connections